Well, we've been, we've been talking about this for the last few months. We've been talking about some things that the Word says that we are. We need to know who we are. The reason we have, the reason that there is a sin problem in the church, and there is, I don't shy away from saying that. The reason there is a sin problem in the church is because people don't know who they are. If you know who you are, if I am fully convinced, not just in my head, but in my spirit, that I am loved, that I am a child of the risen king, that I am not my own, I am bought with a price, that what I do has eternal significance, it changes the way I act. It'll change the way you act. Praise the Lord. Let's get into this tonight. Uh, go to the book of First John. First John chapter 4. We are going to look at some stuff here tonight I think you'll be blessed by. Since the last time you saw us, we went down to Fort Worth for our yearly trip to the Southwest Believers Convention. We got fired up. <laughs> let, me, let me fix this thing so it's not constantly rubbing. Let's see if, let's see if this works. Rumble, rumble. This is why I prefer earworms, but hey, you go with what you got. Praise the Lord. <laughs> eh, it's going to flop around anyway. That's okay. Let's pray and we'll get into this. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the precious gift of your son. That gift that you gave to reconcile us to you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being obedient to the will of your father and giving yourself for us. We receive that precious gift. We don't take it lightly, Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here to speak to all of us, to speak to me, to speak to these, your precious people, Lord. I don't want to mislead them, so I've got to hear from you. (laughs) And I thank you that you're speaking and we're listening. Our ears are open to receive. Our hearts are open to hear the things that you have for us. We praise you for it in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. First John. And I have gotten fired up about this message. Here's, here's what I was telling Melanie while we, we got here. I like to try to get here early for this service. It helps to be able to have everything set up. Now, of course, you know, we, we dealt with some technical difficulties this evening. That, that happens. That's part of life. That's part of doing these services. In 17 years of doing these services... I can probably count on both hands the number of completely technically completely technically perfect services that we've had. There's always been something. So that kind of thing doesn't bother me. But I like to get here a little bit early so that we can get set up and I can you know, run through some songs and be ready. And I was, I was telling Melanie as we, were, as we were wrapping that up, I read this recently and... I, I should have written down who it was. I believe it was John Steinbeck who wrote The Grapes of Wrath. He said that as a writer, you should, you should have a target audience in mind, a particular person, either somebody you know or somebody you made up. And I have some people, 
some people that I know that needed to hear this message. So you guys get to hear it first. <laughs> and, and then hopefully they will listen. That's between them and the Holy Spirit. I, it's, it's not my job. I, I mentioned this a couple of months ago. A, a friend of mine, a precious individual, just, just a great person. But I told her that I was getting ready to come do one of these services, and she says, just don't preach to me. I said, okay, that's between you and God. I'm not going to preach to you. Now, if you ask me a question, if you open that door, it is on. <laughs> the second she asks, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Both Melanie and I talk to her on a regular basis. And it's going to happen. One of these days, she's going to open her mouth and ask a question. And <laughs> the floodgates will open. <laughs> but something that, something that she and I, something that she said in a conversation that we had, she says, I don't believe in love. I don't think it exists. Well, it was, it was last week. So it was, it was the uh, Kenneth Copeland's Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast from two weeks ago. Because on Sunday afternoon, they, uh, on the BBOVN, they run a two-hour block that is the week at once. It's just all the teaching from the entire week of broadcasts cut together. They cut all the commercials out, cut everything else out, and just you know, two hours of solid word. And we got home from church last week. And before we leave for church... On Sunday mornings, when I'm getting up and getting ready, I turn on the Believer's Voice of Victory Network so that I can so that I can catch the uh, Faith Foundations class, which is basically a Sunday school class from Eagle Mountain Church there in Fort Worth. And so when we leave the house, they're usually wrapping up praise and worship on their service. So we just I just leave it running. And so we come home, and whatever is running on the network at that point is what's running. But we got home a little bit later than usual, and. And the Week at Once broadcast was on. And Brother Copeland was talking from 1 John, talking about the love of God. And he said something that just, it hit me. Because about 55 years ago, he said, yeah, it was about 55 years ago, just not long before he met Gloria, he made the statement, he says, I don't believe love exists. And if it does... I don't think I'm I don't think I deserve it. Well, it was not long after that that God put Gloria into his life. And it was not long after that they'd only been married a few months when first she got saved and then he got saved. So he made that statement about not believing love exists. And God said, well, I'll show you. <laughs> Because God is love. We, we've talked about this before. If you look through the word, you'll find many characteristics of God. God is light. God is a holy God. You'll find many things that it says that God is. Over in the book of Hebrews, it says, for our God is a consuming fire. We talk about all these things. But one of the big things, and especially if you start reading through 1 John, you start seeing that God is love. And because God is love... He is all good all the time. And so when somebody says they don't believe that love exists, the first thing they need to know is they need to know Jesus. We talked about the nine things. That's why number one is you got to know Jesus. 
Let's get into this. First John chapter four. <laughs> oh, Lord, where do I even start? <laughs> this is all so good. I, I was like, where do I start with this? Because we're, we're still on this. Who are you thing? And I started looking through first John and there's so much here. I, I honestly think probably our next thing when we do finish the who are you series will be a study in first John. But chapter 4, verse 1, John says, Beloved, (laughs) can't get past the first word. Beloved, you have to know that you, you are loved by God. Each one of you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you think you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care if you're tall, short, fat, skinny, black, white, red or green. I don't care. God loves you. Because he is love. He cannot do anything else. It is not possible for God to hate you. Because... He is love. And because all of his wrath was poured out on his son Jesus on that cross that we celebrate because Jesus took on your sin. And he did it because he is love. So beloved, (laughs) do not believe every spirit. Just because some preacher got up and said something, don't believe it. The, people are going to take this. This verse has been interpreted as things outside the church. He's talking to believers here. He's talking to a church body. This letter was written to a church. And he's saying, just because somebody stood up in your pulpit, don't buy it. That's right. Don't buy it. If I say something in here that you think, eh, that sounds really good, but I don't know about that. Ask the Holy Spirit. Because he will reveal his word to you. And you will find it in this book. I may not always give you chapter and verse. I usually will. But I may not always give you chapter and verse. But ask the Holy Spirit. He'll do it. Brother Hagen told the story years ago about the the way that he dealt with the relationship that he had with Jesus was just something phenomenal. Brother Hagen had multiple visions, open visions of Jesus, where Jesus would just come and talk to him. Well, one day they were talking and something was said. I don't remember what it was at this point because I've heard, I heard Brother Hagen tell this story multiple times. But something was said and he said, Lord, that sounds really good, but you're going to have to show that to me in, in Scripture. And Jesus says, I'm so glad you asked. Turn to whatever. And gave him chapter and verse, multiple. So if you hear something that doesn't seem like it lines up, don't believe it just because I said it. Any of y'all familiar with the old TV show Reading Rainbow? LeVar yeah. <laughs> Burton says, don't take my word for it. And he starts bringing other people on. Well, don't take my word for it. If you think, well, that sounds too good to be true. Because it, because it can sound too good to be true. 
Because that's, that's, that's the other thing. And we, we were talking about this before. The reason people don't want to be preached to is they've never heard truly good news. They may have sat, they may have sat where you're sitting. And they heard some preacher get up there and just rake them over the coals. Like, you're, you're so evil. You're so rotten. You're so no good. Well, come on, guys. Without Jesus, that's absolutely true. Without Jesus, we can't do this. But that's why he came. He came because of his great love. This is nowhere near where I thought it was going tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are from God, because many false prophets have come into the world. Now, this this isn't talking... This isn't talking about Muhammad. This isn't talking about L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that wrote the Scientology manual. This is not talking about any of those guys. Because that stuff is so far off the wall that any thinking person can figure out it's not God. It's that far out there. What this is talking about is the people that show up at church. They show up in the guise of Christianity. And they preach a different gospel. They preach something other than what Jesus preached. Well, look at what Jesus did. Hold your place in First John 4. Go over to the book of Acts. You need to see this. I could just quote it to you, but you need to see it. Acts chapter 10. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Verse 30. Well, we'll just, for sake of time, have to stick with what I originally thought. Verse 38. This is what Jesus did. How God, that's the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. This is what he did. He went about doing good. So if it's not good, it's not God. And healing all. We've talked about this word all before. You know what it means? All. Leaving nothing out. Every person. Every sick person that Jesus came across, he was ready and willing to heal. Did did all receive it? No. But it was there. It was available. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Tie that together with... Possibly my favorite verse. I have a hard time picking a favorite because there's so many good ones in there. But John 10.10. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come, Jesus said, the Amplified. I have come that they might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus came to do. And anybody who preaches another gospel, anybody who comes in here and says, you never know what God's going to do. Anybody who says, I can't tell you if God wants to heal you or not. That's up to him. You never know what he's going to do. That's a lie. And you've got the word of God to back you up because he says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Yes. It is a settled, done deal. Come on. 
for purposes of this, this is going to sound wrong because I do care. I understand. I understand what people feel like when somebody they love passes away before their time. But for purposes of this, I don't care what you've seen. For purposes of this, if your if your dear mother passed away from some terrible form of cancer, that's that's sad. That's really bad. But it doesn't change the fact that it is one hundred percent every time, always God's will to heal. Let's move on. <laughs> Test the spirits, whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Somebody's going to come in here, and they're going to open this book, and they're going to say something. And you're going to think, wait a second, that doesn't sound right at all. That's not my, that's not my Jesus. There's a, there's a group that I'm familiar with on Facebook. It's a page called That's Not My God. <laughs> if you really start understanding who God is, that he is love, that he is always good, that there is no bad in him. <laughs> okay. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that Jesus, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. There was a there was a old, there was an early Christian heresy. There was a, one of the first, one of the first twistings. Because you know how this goes. God comes along. He does something great. What's the enemy going to try to do? He is the father of lies. So he's going to come in. He's going to try to twist this. He's going to try to tear it. He's going to try to change it. And one of the first things that came along was that, oh, Jesus wasn't fully human. He just looked like a human. No. To pay the price for our sin, he had to live and die as fully God and fully man. It's called the hypostatic union. I don't have time to explain it. I'm not a theologian. I just love Jesus. <laughs> but but people would come along and say, oh, he wasn't really a man. He just looked like a man. That's why then you'd have Christian Christian-based cult groups that will say, well, Jesus didn't really die. That he was, that yes, he hung on the cross, but he didn't really die in our place. But he did. He had to. Greater love has no man than this, Jesus says, than a, than a man lay his life down for his friends. Just, just hanging up there and passing out wasn't going to do the trick. <laughs> he had to pay the price 100%. By this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and is now already in this world. Now, John wrote this 2,000 years ago. I'm not about to get into a bunch of end-time prophecy. Of course, you know there's this huge event happening tomorrow, that the... Now, there's this huge, first time in 99 years, solar eclipse, total solar eclipse. And, boy, there's some of the, the end-time prophets that are just up in, you know, they're, they're throwing out everything. The world's going to end tomorrow afternoon. 
Just because somebody said it, I can guarantee it won't happen. <laughs> because Jesus said we weren't going to know the day or the hour. So every time somebody predicts it, even if he'd been planning on it, <laughs> he'll be like, nope, not today. <laughs> because, I, because he's not going to give anybody the, the, uh, the satisfaction of saying, see there, I was right. So, I'm not about to get into that, but the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of anti-anointing, the spirit that speaks against the things of God, has been going on not for just 2,000 years. It's been going on since the beginning of time. That's the same spirit that the serpent in the garden comes to, comes to Eve and says, did God really say that? See, he started even then trying to twist and turn and just get people's focus to be different than it needed to be. Okay. Running out of time. <laughs> oh, praise God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. All those false prophets, all those false teachers, that spirit of Antichrist has already been overcome in our lives. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We talked, we talked about this before. Who are you? You are a child of God. You are an heir of God. And you are one with Him. He is in you. He is in me. And I'm in Him. Because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. They, talking about those, those false spirits, those false prophets, they are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. Okay. People get... Just see, I, 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 we've talked about this before. I grew up in this. I, I joke that I was born saved. I know I wasn't. You have. You don't just. You're not just saved because your parents were. You're not just saved because you were born into a Christian house. I had to make that decision for myself. But I grew up in this. I, I have never known anything else. But. You would see this happening. It was big in the 80s. It still happens now. You would see this happening. That somebody somebody would get on television and they'd say something they'd say something that was against Jesus. That was against the things of God. And in the 80s it was the religious right. It was the moral, uh, moral majority. It was the American Family Association. They're still around. And these are all good people. I'm not, I'm not slamming on them. But their big thing was, oh, that's, that's wrong. We need to boycott their advertisers and get them shut down so they won't be able to be on TV anymore and say that kind of thing. I don't expect non-believers to behave like believers. That's why they're non-believers. We, we were talking about this previously. I, I've got friends that they're great people, but they don't know Jesus. So because they don't know Jesus, I don't expect them to behave the way I would. I don't expect them to live a righteous life because they don't know any better. <laughs> they don't know Jesus. And that's... So they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. The world hears them. Conversely, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. John's talking about himself. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now this is what I really wanted to get to tonight and we've got just enough time to cover it a little bit. <laughs> Beloved, 
There's that word again. John uses it all over the place. He'll, he, he, talks to, he talks to his congregation. He calls them beloved. He calls them little children. The idea here is that, listen to daddy. He knows what he's talking about. How many of you have ever had to tell your kids, listen to me. I've been there. I understand this. I know what I'm talking about. It's like, don't do that. I made that mistake. I'm trying to keep you from doing the same thing. Whether they listen or not, that's... That's up to them, and that's between them and God. But you, you go to him, you say, I know better. I've been here. I've done that. So he, again, he uses this word beloved. We are loved by our Father. We, who are you? You are loved. Beloved, because we are, because we are loved, let us love one another. Yes. Our love for one another People in the world have love for each other, but the reason that we can have love one for another, and the reason we cannot have love just for one another, but that we can go one step further and do what Jesus said, it's not easy to do. And it's a matter of fact, this is what separates us from the world. Jesus says, love your enemies. The world can't do that. No matter how much they try, they may come to a point that they can forgive their enemies. But without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, they cannot love their enemies. But, he says here, beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. Well, of course love is of God. God is love. As John told us earlier in the same book, God is love. And he's going to tell us the same thing again here in just a moment. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves, everyone who truly has the spirit of love, they have the spirit of love because they're born of God. The only reason the person in the world can even love their friends and their family is because the spirit of love is available to them. They're not walking fully in it or they would love Jesus. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This is where this gets very sticky. He who does not love does not know God. That's a tough statement. This is why he tells us, it's like, we, we, did, we didn't go through all this. We could, but we didn't go through all this. He who says he loves God but hates his brother doesn't really love God. Anybody who would get up and proclaim that God hates a certain group of people, that person doesn't know God. There is a well-known cult group, and yes, I will call them a cult group. They call themselves a Baptist church. It's a lie. They're not a church. <laughs> They're definitely not Baptist. And it's, it's, it's a lie. They don't know Jesus. But they, their big thing, they proclaim that God hates a certain group of people just because of, because of their sexual orientation. They proclaim that God hates you if you're homosexual. That is a lie. God loves you. Now, 
Love won't, love, this isn't an on the other hand, it ties in. Love won't leave you where you are. Love doesn't just say, okay, because I love you, you can keep doing that. That's why, that's why Jesus would say to the woman caught in the act of adultery, John chapter 4, I, we don't have time to go there. I think it's chapter 4. It's over in John anyway. The woman caught in the act of adultery. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He didn't say go and keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Go and sin no more. But anyone who proclaims that God doesn't love you because you have, because you're a sinner. I don't even get it. I, 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 right, exactly. Because I know God. And when you know God, when you know God, and you know the way that he thinks, am I perfect? No. <laughs> Ask my wife. She lives with me. I, I am so far from perfect, you, you wouldn't know. I am so far from perfect that it's, it's, it's not even funny. <sighs> Never perfect, but perfectly forgiven, because I have a perfect life. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, we'll wrap up with this, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world. Why? That we might live through him. Why did Jesus come? I, I keep going back to this. I have come. I have come that day. Now, a, 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 a good friend of mine, a good friend of ours, when she was ministering for us at our, at our conference in Arizona a few years ago, preached an entire message from a comma. I preached an entire message from an ellipse that isn't even there. I have come that day, dot, dot, dot. You could stop right there. Jesus didn't come to do his own will. He came for you. Whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you accept it or not, Jesus came and he did everything that he did. Yes, he says, I've come to do my father's will. What is the father's will? Look at what Paul wrote. He says that God would have all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is God's perfect will. And that's what Jesus came to do. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So I have come that day. I have come for you, Jesus says. I have come for you, and I have come for you for this reason, that you would have life, Zoe life, that's the eternal abundant life of God, that you would have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, If you're seeing any area in your life that is not full of the abundant life, the abundant, overflowing life of God, I've got areas in my life that I can think of right now that I need more of that abundant life in. But if you've got any of those areas in your life, we're not going to do an altar call here. I'm not going to have you play five choruses of Just As I Am and try to get people to walk the aisle. But we're going to pray before we leave. And I, I, I invite you, whatever that area is, Lord, I have this area in my life that I'm not seeing your abundance in. 
Show me what needs to change. Show me what I need to do to change that. Whatever it is, whether it's the, the health of your body, whether it's your family relationships, whether it's relationships with other people, whether it's financial, whatever it is, spirit, soul, and body, physical, financial, and relational. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you so much for your love. That, that love that is so beyond, beyond comprehension. And yet, and yet you wrote that through your spirit that we would be able to know the length and the width and the height and to depth, the depth and to understand that love that passes all understanding. So I thank you for your spirit that leads us and guides us into that truth. Father, I thank you for your love. Lord, Lord Jesus, if there's anyone in this room that has not yet accepted that free gift of salvation that you offered to us through your precious blood, you made it free to us, but it's not cheap. It costs you every drop of blood. We praise you, Lord, for that. If there's anyone in this room tonight that has not yet received that love, that gift. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is working and moving on them right now, not to condemn, because it's because it is not your spirit that condemns, but to convict and to draw them to you. Because your word says that if you're lifted up, that you would draw all men unto you. So we thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you that every need, spirit, soul, and body, physical, financial, and relational, your word says that we don't need to be anxious about it, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we can let our requests be made known to you. And your word tells us that your peace, that shalom peace, that nothing missing, nothing broken peace that passes all understanding, would guard our hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. So we praise you for it. We honor you in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.